This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Oh, yes, baby. A little bit of Queen there, welcoming you back to the program. This is the People's Radio program, the training day for marketing strategy. I'm Professor Americus Reed, and guess what? King Kong ain't got s*** on me! <laughs> this is Marketing Matters on Sirius XM, Channel 111. Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Barbara's out today, so you are riding shotgun with your boy AR. This is Marketing Matters, the show that proves that the difference between success and failure is your ability to segment, target, position, and message to your customers. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is, of course, replayed several times throughout the week. I'm happy. To, I'm laughing here because my colleague is actually in the studio with me today. That's right. Uh, this is Professor Keith Niedermeyer. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Americus. I'm very happy to have you here. You brought two guests as well. This is Ellen Naruse. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Uh, Naruse. Naruse and Richie Liu. Yep. Excellent. You guys are Penn students? Yes, we are. Very, very cool. Now, we're going to talk about some very fantastic work that you're doing uh, in just a second, but I want to talk to my colleague. This is uh, Professor Keith Niedermeyer, and uh, I want to tell a little story about how I met Keith. Uh, I remember many, many, many years ago, and I probably recounted this uh, story at your birthday party, one of your birthday parties when you turned 20. <laughs> I have a lot of birthday parties. <laughs> I know, lots yeah. of birthday parties. Uh, but uh, our colleague at the time, uh, Professor Steve Hoke, was the chair of the department, walked into my office with 20 resumes and said, we've got to hire somebody, and he dropped them on my desk, and he said, can you just look through these 20 resumes and just give me your recommendation? I looked at them. I took 19 of them and I put them in the round file. And I took yours and I said, you got to hire this guy. <laughs> and uh, basically I said, you know, he won't come, but you got to get the offer out to this guy because he's fantastic. He has a social psychology background, which I also have as well. And I knew we would click and he would be really cool. And luckily for us, Keith... You decided to come. Tell I'm, us a little bit about this. I'm the lucky one. I didn't know that happened. Thanks, man. <laughs> no worries, man. It was fantastic. And just to give our listeners a little bit of background, Keith basically came in and by himself revamped the entire undergraduate, undergraduate marketing program. Tell us a little bit about the things that you did early on. Well, when I came to Wharton, um, one of the things I was focused on was undergraduate education. And so uh, one of the things we did, which uh, both Richie and Ellen are involved in, was revamp the marketing club. We had uh, various marketing clubs doing various different things. Uh, we got them all kind of on the same page and affiliated with the American Marketing Association. And since then, we've been on a, on a five-year run of being the... Uh, uh, one of the top chapters in uh, in the American Marketing Association, and then we've gotten the undergrads involved extensively in doing case competitions, um, mm -hmm. which has since gone global in the last uh, handful oh. of years. And so that's why I brought uh, Richie and Ellen along as well, because they're a couple of my stars on, Excellent. Uh, Excellent. on the uh, case competition circuit. You're a whiz at uh, cultivating stars. And so obviously, listeners, the theme is going to be uh, domination. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty, five years, five years. Uh, it's been more than that for than doing that. the case competitions. We've yeah. been we've been dabbling in them in, for about ten years now. Okay. Uh, but we've been really doing well over the last handful of years. The five years has been we've been the reigning platinum American Marketing Association collegiate chapter wow. uh, the last five years. So that was the reference to five years. That's awesome, man. I just love it because one of the things that we're super excited about here at the Wharton School is that we, we're also like number one in undergraduate business, right? Marketing? That's true. <laughs> That's if, if you look at U.S. News and World Report, yes. Yeah. yeah that U.S. News and World, if you believe that, hey, this is, not our, this is not our data. These are not alternative facts. 
We're just saying, uh, Americus, I choose to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Also because it's just true. Uh, so it's very exciting stuff, uh, That uh, some of the work that you've been doing with colleagues here and training up the young, up-and-coming marketing stars. Tell us a little bit about the approach that you use, you and your teams use, because I imagine it's it's a more systematic approach to, to really understanding how to attack these cases. Well, let me tell you uh, just a little bit about what the case competitions are. And mm -hmm. so what's typical, um, what Richie did is um, – at the case competitions, you'll go to a site and a school will host it, usually with a, a business, mm -hmm. um, and they put a, a real-world problem in front of the kids. And you don't know what it is until you get there. Oh. So um, you get a case that you've never seen before, gotcha. which is an actual current problem that a, that a, that a business is facing. Gotcha. And then they'll have between 12 and 20 schools from around the globe. Oh, wow. These kids uh, basically get 24 to 35 hours. Actually, the one Ellen did was four case competitions in a row that were only – five hours each so she did four cases in a row four cases uh, in a row yeah. wow Ellen. in four days that's incredible richie did one that lasted 35 hours <laughs> yeah um and then you <laughs> wow. go and then you go and you put a deck together and the four students step in front of the executives from the firm and present the solution holy moly uh, and then they choose the best ones and uh -huh, um uh -huh. these guys both came out on top of that theirs. is fantastic and your role is like to coach them up to get them ready to like i'm picturing you yeah. like you know giving the <laughs> locker room speech it's like exactly. guys one inch at a time let's come together as a team but tell me about your approach um, it's, it's more me heaping undue criticism on them <laughs> so yeah we uh, i get to choose the teams and uh -huh. um the teams audition and and then we choose the best ones to go and then gotcha. after that we we do training and we learn uh, a lot of frameworks uh, okay. how to how to think about the problems how to present the solutions cool. um and how to put these decks together in a great way and um and then these guys go out and do it richie tell me a little bit about uh, the case competition that you uh that you most recently participated in what was your approach first of all tell us a little bit about, about the problem and then talk us through because i'm just getting nervous thinking about 35 hours uh and sort of but having in real time yeah. Right, to basically come up with this stuff. That's a that's an added level of complexity that's really challenging. Tell oh, us about oh, yeah. what you what for you worked for on. For sure. It was definitely a grind, but I mean we were well prepared for that from all the training we mm -hmm. got. Mm -hmm. Um so talking about the problem that we got, we were um tasked with helping a Norwegian CPG company called Orkla, think of your typical PNG okay. or Unilever. Mm -hmm. And they were just growing very quickly, but mm -hmm. very inorganically. They were acquiring a lot of different brands. Okay. And so because of that, there's a lot of complexity within all their brands and a lot of supply chain issues as well. And just in general, figuring out how to maintain this growth. Um, so what we so what we did was like like he said we were locked, stuck in a room for thirty hours, wow. just grinding it out um, uh -huh, uh -huh. and figuring out what problem how to solve this problem. Um, and so you need and so just to interrupt yeah. you, Richie, that one of the challenges here was we've got a bunch of brands that mm -hmm. we've acquired and we have no cohesive Correct. approach or is that okay? We have no okay. cohesive approach. We have a lot of different factories producing the same things, mm. a lot of inefficiencies. Gotcha. Um, and so what we figured out was we actually um, took a lot of the frameworks we learned in practice, Excellent. as well as in our classes, um, specifically in like marketing consumer behavior, figuring out how to basically streamline these brands, how to basically improve their brand equity. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, one of the issues we had was um, Obviously, when you go in the grocery store, right, you see that there's so many choices to choose from, right? Mm. Whether you're buying cereal or, to quote the the jam study, right, the yes. lot of jam. Oh, so nice. we nice. actually yes. took some of that um, and actually applied it to our own framework, to our own solution. Okay, which really impressed the judges. Oh, wow! Um, and helping them figure out how to basically reduce the number of uh, SKUs, number of uh, products that they had in each brand, and that really hit it off with the um, judges. And they really appreciated how we were able to apply kind of a 
technical or academic framework to a real world problem. Talk a little bit about this this framework because I want to make sure our, our listeners get a sense of of kind of the conceptual structure by which you guys work sure. with. Sure. Um, so basically our framework was taken off of the 2000 Jam study, I believe by Shira Iyengar mm-hmm. and Michael Lepper. And mm-hmm. um, basically what they said is that sometimes when there's too many choices, too mm-hmm. many products to choose from, mm-hmm. it actually dissuades people from purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the case we actually saw with um, this this company, Orkla. Gotcha. That they had so many products and so many so many stock-keeping units mm-hmm. that is actually dissuading people from buying. Okay. And so we looked at research from Wharton, from uh, consulting companies, saying that if you actually reduce the number of products, the number of brands that you actually have, uh-huh. you're actually going to increase your sales. Okay. Um, and we presented that, and that was one of the crux of our uh, solution. Interesting. It was part of that, Richie, also an analysis of where to cut. How did you yeah. tell, did you, you I, the recommendation was part, you know, you have to 100 cut. brands, mm-hmm. you're going to come down to 20. What was the, the analysis, what was the, the criterion that says, here you're going to get rid of these 80 to get to this 20 or whatever the proportion was. Americus, I can tell you oh. that this is why they won. Okay, because, uh, <laughs> okay they nice. built an nice. incredible rubric for making that decision. Because okay. a lot of other teams suggested cutting those things yeah. down, but mm-hmm. nobody really got to the heart of how you were actually going to do, do it. it like these guys did. Okay, yeah, tell us a little bit about yeah. that rubric. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, we created this rubric looking at all the different factors involved in these. Um, partially was looking at, obviously, the logistics of it, right? The distribution, the mm-hmm. production of these brands. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that a lot of other teams forgot to think about was the brand equity that each of these products, each of these oh. brands came with it. So when we um, created a, a rubric to determine which brand should be cut, mm-hmm. which one should be kept and invested in, that was one of the huge cornerstones. Of it. it was like, you can, you can obviously have to look at um, where these, like, the distribution-wise, making sure it's simple, making mm-hmm. sure it's streamlined. Mm-hmm. But you can't forget about the brand equity that each of these uh, products hold. Gotcha. Um, that You have to also consider that. Given that Orkla, because Orkla, they are ju- not just in Norway, but they're mm-hmm. also in the rest of Scandinavia and gotcha. the Baltics. Uh-huh. Um, they each actually have different brands for different countries. Oh, um, interesting. That's very important to them, that market proximity. So we had obviously factored that into our Interesting. So you well. did like an equity by culture or equity by country analysis as part of the rubric to determine yeah, equity? part of it. Okay. Um, it wasn't obviously in the 30, 30 uh, hours <laughs> you had. You got 35 had. hours yeah. to do this, man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it was definitely a bit, it was yeah. high level, but the concept was all there. Concept the idea was, there. was all there. The yeah. logic was there. Yeah, and they definitely, the um, judges really bought into it. They really liked it. Mm-hmm. How many other schools were competing in that particular competition? So it was 12 total, including us Ooh, um, wow. from all across the world. You had nice. teams from Singapore. You had teams from all the way down from Australia. Interesting. Um, and so this is like couple. the World Cup. This isn't like you know we can beat you out in uh, the United States. This is like literally we're going global on you yeah, guys. This is the World Cup. Very yeah, very is... nice. And you were pretty excited about the win, no? It was it was a lot. Tell of me about fun. that moment when you get they made the announcement of you guys having brought this thing home. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, the moment it was it was definitely quite surreal in the beginning, but I think. We were really happy winning um, and very excited. But I think the other part is that um, we knew we put a good job into it. Yeah. We knew we were yeah. well trained, well practiced, um, and so and we thought that we executed it perfectly. So there's nothing on our end that we could have done better. Um, it's just up to the judges. And then when we won, we were just really happy about that. Very very cool. Yeah. So you had a little. So you you did you sort of like have a little bit of a, a little bit of a swag though? You're like, hey, you, know, <laughs> you kind of dust the shoulder off a little bit. Like, hey, you know, we got this. We got this. Yeah. I mean, not not. Just, I mean, all the teams we're competing against are all world class. They've all done this before. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely there's definitely some idiosyncrasies in who the judges choose. But mm-hmm. I mean. One thing, as a, as an athlete myself, right, is going out there and leaving everything out nice. on the field, right? No regrets. Excellent. So What's we, your sport? 
Tennis and soccer. Tennis and yeah. soccer. Very, very cool. So always no regrets on the field. No regrets. So I like we it. definitely had no regrets. So whatever else happened was just up to the judges. Very, very cool stuff. Key, talk a little bit about the high-level prep that you do. What And just talk a little bit about what – have you, you've done this how long now? Well, I've been here – this is my 14th year at Wharton. And we started year. doing this just a year or two after I arrived. Yeah. So, yeah, so like 11, 12 years now. Yeah. Yeah. You've got some uh, experience under yeah. your belt. Yes. <laughs> what do you know – like what is the difference that – what the, the teams that – that go and just blow it up and just kill it. What are they doing? What are the four, five, three, six things that are just putting them standard deviations above the rest? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> one of the things that's tough to prep for is you don't know what the uh, what the case is going to be. So we definitely do some some research oh. on the market. So we know he's going to be competing in Norway. Okay. Uh, oh. We knew that it's likely to be a Scandinavian company. Okay. So you know we looked into the economics, the markets. Uh, what was in the those name areas. of the company? Orkla. Orkla. Yeah. Did you hone? Did you? Were you? Did you like? You know what? We, we it might know. be Orkla or one of these other ten um, things. No. No, we didn't know. We didn't know. Um, okay. And uh, I mean, the cool thing. What, what I was going to say a second ago was one of the cool things about this experience for these guys, is and Richie is going into consulting. Oh, nice. Um, very, very cool. And uh, actually, Ellen's going in consulting <laughs> as well. Um, awesome. And, um, Congratulations. Thank you. This is a, a, like a real-life yes. kind of consulting experience. Totally. And, um, and so now, like Richie, for example, he was just yeah. telling you about, he has a deep-seated understanding of the yes. consumer packaged goods market in Scandinavia <laughs> and the Baltics. You know, like nobody <laughs> like nobody can imagine. But to do that in just a couple days, and then you get to spend time with the executives. Yes. And um, I've had a lot of the alumni of this program come back, who many of them go into consulting. Yes. And they're like... Consulting at McKinsey or BCG or Bain is so much easier now because it's not 35 hours. Yeah. It's not five hours. Yeah, you, you actually, know, we got like weeks to do this. Weeks stuff. to think about it yeah. to come up for air. That's very, yeah. very cool. It's, it's sort of like, amazing. you know, I'll take Scandinavian CPG companies for 2000 Alex. <laughs> but, so you're like an expert yeah. now. Yeah. But I think the, the secret to our success is really being, um, really being, uh, a, a framed in our approach, really thinking about how can we fit frameworks onto these things? How can we think about it in a, in a very kind of systematic type of way? Mm -hmm. And then how can we sell our ideas the best? And then once we get into kind of question and answering, because they're pushing you, like oh. these executives care because it's their problem. Gotcha. This is a real problem that's facing Orkla. They're, a mission critical thing. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to figure out how do we improve our efficiencies? How do we how do we reduce all of these complexities that we've built through all this inorganic growth? So this is a real thing for them. They're interested. So they're just peppering these guys with questions oh, and wow. I think that's where I come in a little bit okay is they're not going to get questioned any harder than they get questioned by me. So, <laughs> so, so Keith is there with them. the tough love. He's like, <laughs> you, you, you probably tell them initially, like, you're going to hate me before you get the trophy. And, <laughs> but afterwards, you're going to be like, that was fantastic. I don't, they can they can answer, but I don't think they're so. <laughs> It's tough love, though. It's like you got to basically yeah. say you got to just sort of simulate that environment mm -hmm. where some of these uh, executives might be particularly aggressive, right? Definitely. Yeah, and that definitely very, happens. Very, very cool stuff. Listeners, if you're just joining us, uh, we are having a conversation with a colleague on the seventh floor. Uh, this is Professor Keith Niedermeyer, a colleague of mine who has done a fantastic job of really elevating the status and cachet of the undergraduate marketing program here at the Wharton School of Business. And he has brought two of his top star students with him to talk about how they prepare for real life and think about <laughs> what they're going to be doing in the business world. One of the things they do is enter into these competitions and they're killing it. They have, that, well, How long is the streak right now? We um, 
We have been in four competitions around the globe this year, 2018, mm -hmm. and we took first place at three in a row, and we took third place wow. at uh, McGill Patrick. University in Montreal. Wow. Uh, last oh my week. God, that's like okay. So. Can, I, I'm going to pat you on the back because <laughs> these guys are humble. They're never going to brag, but that's fantastic. It's a pretty crazy run. It's I've very been, very cool. These stuff. guys know I've been ecstatic this semester. <laughs> very very <laughs> <pretty> cool. <happy. laughs> yeah, it's great to see the success, yeah. listeners. If you want to join the conversation, is one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I want to go to you now, uh, Ellen, talk about your story. And I'm just four. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, that's the unbelievable stamina. Yeah, it was yeah. really different from any other case comp I think anyone else in our team had ever done before. Mm -hmm. Not only for that reason, but also because for this particular case competition, we were not allowed to have access to the internet or mm. computers. Oh, okay. Or computers. Oh, wow. So all of our slides were hand drawn for every single presentation, even in the practice cases Are you that we serious? did. We would show everyone else would show up. Richie's team with a PowerPoint deck. They'd use the internet a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. And then uh -huh. we showed up uh -huh. with our slides in our projector and we were like we didn't have the internet but here's our best guess of what we should do oh wow <laughs> um, which was, was very different but at the same time i think we still were able to apply a lot of the gotcha. concepts we've learned mm -hmm. in class and also through training and through news gotcha. marketing club talk a little bit about the case competition itself what was the problem that was being solved and some of the structure around that sure so there were four different cases um i can talk a little bit about our third case in the okay. prelims it was okay. the auckland airport was the client okay um so the airport we just walked through a few days before doing the case competition interesting um and they were there was no did you really... know that this was going to be you again no. this, this is un unbelievable man no yeah, no idea sprung on them sprung. every morning four days in a row this is like it's intellectual insane. basically this is like intellectual crossfit <laughs> uh, it is. it's like you're gonna do these four exercises go mm -hmm. yeah. basically yeah. we had no idea um uh -huh. but there was no real significant red flag or problem they just wanted to say how can we form a plan or long-term strategy that will provide sustainable growth mm -hmm. um and so we took an approach, our strategic core was actually traveler centricity, so very much about the customer and about shaping the overall experience of the travelers they move through the airport. Mm -hmm. um, and so we looked at opportunities to improve the experience through regulated opportunities, so flight okay. routes and bringing in more passengers to the airport itself. Yes. And also unregulated, so looking at like which customers, which travelers will spend the most time in the airport and how can we encourage them to do so and spend money while they're doing that. Okay, and so part of, yeah, go ahead. One you. of the things that blew me away about what they did on this particular case was for that problem they have unregulated and regulated okay. revenues you know like the they they can't really influence how many uh, airlines are landing flights at gotcha. any given time. That's fixed. But like restaurants, retail, all the marketing aspects of those things they can. But they did want to talk about un the unregulated stuff as well. So they, I don't know how you did this without the internet, but they had this whole <laughs> thing about fuel burn optimization oh! and stuff. I and I was this. just, I was sitting, oh, wow. I was sitting in the audience being like, I didn't teach him that. So what was going okay. on? There. Wow! I can explain that a little bit actually. Yeah. Um, so in the case, there were all these hints that they were dropping about fuel burn optimization, which they saw as a reason why airplanes get backed up and why there's a queue, why customers are dissatisfied, and it also is bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. everything was pointing towards fuel burn optimization as a solution, except we didn't exactly know how gotcha. to do that, right. and there was no internet. And so I made this slide. This is something we ended up doing for all of our presentations. I made this slide saying, "Okay, this is a potential." tactic that you could use it would be super high in impact but mm -hmm. in terms of feasibility here are the other questions that we have about actually executing it gotcha. um, and so in the Q&A for this presentation they asked a question that's mm -hmm. somehow related to it so we pulled it up and we said we did think about this we think oh! this would be great wow. um, but we don't think it's the highest in feasibility um, wow. and so this is something we use throughout the case comps where we thought about other tactics we knew they weren't necessarily the best but we would bring them up during Q&A to kind of shoot down potential gotcha. other teams tactics and solutions oh, wow see this is 
is part of the, this like, is yeah, everything. Yeah. I wish listeners us. could see this because Keith <laughs> is like smiling, like this sly look of like, yeah, I'm ready for anything these guys throw at me. Because that's like yeah. a like a, a sort of a strategic way to like use the Q and A to like for, talk a little bit about this. Use that, the Q and A to like. I mean, that's a difference. That's, that's a difference what we do, maker, right? And yeah. they are prepped to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Keith what we is do. like. That's just what we do. <laughs> They're prepped. To no, do this. I mean that's Speak really important. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that next year when you're actually doing consulting for firms. You cannot mm. just come up and say, "Oh, this is the solution." They're going to say, "What about that? Or what about that? Or what about oh. these alternatives?" You have to be prepared to say not just why, but why not. And, and that's something that. Um, th these guys are, are completely trained for, and that's where I feel the most confident. When they start getting into Q and A, their their intellect starts to come out, mm -hmm. and I know they're prepped, and I and I know they're going to be able to converse with these uh, with mm -hmm. these executives at a high level. Very very cool stuff. And so tell me, so Ellen, so how did you how did this continue to? So it, you you won that that was the third one. Yes. Okay. And so how does this work? If you is this round robin? You lose one, you're out. What is this? <laughs> well, let me tell you something about this competition. The one Ellen went to is called the Champions Trophy. It's okay. hosted by the University of Auckland in. Auckland, New Zealand. So gotcha. we, had to, we had to fly 22 hours to get there. Are you was kidding one me? Thing. Yeah. Wow. But and you were in first class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith. No comment. No comment. Uh, I don't know anything about Trump Ellen cocktails like, or, you, or yeah. one footies or you know bathrobes. <laughs> I have no idea. But the cool thing about that one <laughs> is every school that's there has to have won a major global competition prior. Yeah, this is so serious. it's the champions of the champions, and so you have the smartest kids from around the world. And the thought process that that Auckland put into it was that we have the smartest kids in the world um, we just want to strip them of all of all of the things yeah, these you right. know the slides the this right. and then that right. and just put the four best minds in front of these executives yeah. and see who comes out on top uh -huh. and at first I wasn't sure how that was gonna work you have to draw your slides interesting when, when Ellen applied uh, she was in my office with her teammates and I threw a pad in front of her and I was like draw me a perceptual map we were all surprisingly good at drawing slides by the very end so we all just split up the work and we're That's, super efficient you should do I'm like picturing like you know a slide with like a stick figure and like this is the consumer like no this was like pretty good huh we had icons we were drawing icons oh, on our slides by the end they looked pretty good <laughs> so the third so and then the fourth one was was what was can you talk a little bit about how you getting to that sure. final round yeah so the fourth client so the final round fourth client was Spock which is this demographically targeted sports commentary startup so basically wow. it's this plug-in <sighs> that you can use over any game and you can choose who you're listening to in a oh. different language or an influencer oh, or celebrity or even just a regular fan so okay. it's a really cool idea um, and I think honestly we got we were pretty fortunate with this client because as soon as we opened the packets Brandon and Brandy who were two of my teammates they just stood up and they were super excited because they both are not only super passionate about sports but mm -hmm. they've both had experience understanding the business side of sports as well either gotcha. through classes or for through an internship and gotcha. so we're gotcha. lucky to have them to kind of spit out these ideas in terms of improving the platform itself for commentators and for fans but then also looking beyond just New Zealand right and seeing where should we expand like what sport should we expand to who should our partners be mm -hmm. um, and then Joseph and I just kind of created a storyline that really fit into that um, and so to dive a little bit quickly into for detail sure. about Please. that Please um, do. As we were looking at the ecosystem with broadcasters and commentators and fans and then Spock in the middle of all of this, we started to see some connections okay. to the fact that this, this was looking like a team. Um, oh, and so uh -oh. our whole strategy was kind of this idea that in order for you to really grow as a startup and expand, you need to take your teammates with you. So oh. you need to improve your, your, your platform so that commentators are engaged and excited and they're also creating content that will bring fans in. Mm -hmm. And then you also need to partner with content providers in a way that aligns with their strategy. So we mm -hmm. ended up picking Twitter. 
which is getting into okay. live entertainment. They have a partnership with the NFL where they, oh, they live do. stream games oh, as nice. well. And so we were like, Spock fits perfectly into um, what Twitter is already doing. Interesting. Just, just to back up two seconds on Spock, it's yeah. a really cool platform. So, that say it again. What? SP. A L K, like gotcha. sports and talk. Okay, and uh, it's a startup. You need to help him with that yeah. name, though. <laughs> it's, it's a. It's a um, because I heard Spock, and I was yeah. like, you know, that, it looks no. better on paper. I got you, but gotcha. uh, there's there's startup Spock. in Auckland, New Zealand, and mm-hmm. they've already have some traction throughout that region and in Europe with some of the uh, the football leagues there. Mm-hmm. But the the concept is so cool because um, basically their software solved the problem of syncing remote audio with live oh, sports okay. because. People, right. people have been trying to do that on YouTube, other things, or even on Twitter, where right. you're kind of live commentating on something, but it doesn't match up. So they've created the codes for the audio oh, and the video to come together. And then you can have literally infinite number of channels of audio over a single live event, okay. which has enormous possibility, not just for sports, but huh. I mean, you could do it for the Grammys and yeah. the Oscars. And can you imagine how interesting it would be to hear things in different languages or hear a comedian doing yes. March Madness instead, yeah. of, you know, yeah. instead of the CBS guys. Very, very cool. So huge potential, which these guys really did a systematic job of uh-huh. going into of like where are the entry points for the other markets, like what's the market potential for these things. Gotcha. Um, and I was I couldn't have been prouder of, of what they did there. Very really cool. That is very, very cool stuff. Richie, I want you to tell me a little bit about two things. One is where you're headed. And the second thing is what's the biggest thing you've taken away from this experience uh, training with Keith? Yeah, so I can first for your first answer where I'm headed. I'm actually going to be in New York um, for Deloitte Consulting. Congrats! Um, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Actually, currently I'm actually working for a VC with our other former professor David Bell. Nice. So that's a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so my basic take biggest takeaway from all of this is really, I saw this as this case competition as a way of kind of wrapping up and just putting a bow on my entire Wharton experience. Nice. Um, and that's what really case competitions do, and especially mm-hmm. the case competition at this world-class level, mm-hmm. really let, really showed me how much I actually got from this Wharton education from a freshman who didn't know anything to now, four years later, as almost a graduating senior. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then other than that, like really just meeting these people from around the world mm-hmm. who I'd never meet before from Auckland, from Singapore, from... Um, Copenhagen, right? And that's and competing in them on a world class level Excellent. was just another great experience to have. That's awesome. How about you, Ellen? Sure. So after graduation, I'll be headed back to Los Angeles nice. and I'll be working with the Boston Consulting Group Excellent. there. BCG? Yes. Yes. Um, and then I guess in terms of biggest takeaway, I always do the situational analysis and strategy in our presentations. That's yes. just kind of how our team was set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing I, I learned is that the importance of having a story and having a solid setup because you can have all of the pieces together. You can have strong tactics and good ideas, but it doesn't matter if the audience isn't following where you're going or following what problems you're trying to solve and what objectives you need to hit. And so I think that's something I'll take with me, not only into consulting, but anytime I'm trying to persuade anyone of anything, just yeah. having a strong setup is key. Very, very, very cool stuff. Keith Niedermeyer, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your Thanks time. Thanks for having us, Americas. Excellent. It was great to have you. And if you're interested in learning more about Keith and the awesome stuff he's doing, how can they find you? Uh, they can find me on the Wharton website. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, a master marketer. Yes. Yes, he is. And uh, that's awesome. We really appreciate you guys' time. Thanks for coming in. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Dr. Linda Price, marketing professor at the University of Oregon, discussing some very cool stuff that she is working on. Uh, she's got a, a new paper that is published in the Journal of Consumer Research, and the name of the paper is called The Fresh Start Mindset, Transforming Consumer Lives. Uh, I am the professor of the marketing world. What do you guys think about that? Are you impressed? 
I'm you, uber yes. impressed. <laughs> you, are you impressed? <laughs> they, they call me the hip hop prof. They call me the czar <laughs> of the MAR. They call me the gold tooth oracle. They call me the Morpheus of marketing. I'm always taking that red pill and going down that You have 20 hole. nicknames. I, I know, none. man. Come on. Well, we call you K-Dog. By the way, listeners, you may not know this, but uh, uh, Keith and I actually play in a band. And on April 12th at 7 p.m., we will be playing at the Theater of the Living Arts. Our band is called what, Keith? <laughs> I wanted to call it the four P's, but it's oh! uh, it's uh, it's called Brand and Equity. It's called Brand and Equity, and we will be playing with other uh, Wharton students uh, coming up. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll be joined by Linda Price. This is America's Reed, and this is Business Radio on Sirius XM 111. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 